Hey, everybody, welcome back to the episode of the Chasing Edges podcast. I'm your host, Brian Peters. We have one of the OGs of the breath community on today and an optimal performance guru, Brian McKenzie, also the founder of Shift Adapt, where you can find him and all his information, uh, shiftadapt.com, and then just housekeeping, you can find him on socials at Brian McKenzie, B-R-I-A-N-M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. And the boys go down all the rabbit holes uh, this episode, where obviously we talk about breath, the application, but also how it is a massive separator in high performance, what happens when you get your hands on a pro athlete and what you can do to change his performance by applying breath and introducing breath. And then the whole episode is just littered with wisdom and the performance and lifestyle community. We talk a lot about self-awareness, what areas of our life are we experiencing, what are we rushing through and how to really embody a a peaceful and uh, efficient philosophy. And again, there's so much wisdom on here, and I hope you have a notebook ready and enjoy. All right, B, thanks for joining me. (laughs) Thanks for having me, B. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Brian's versus the world. That's that's the motto. Yes, that's it. Yeah. I've, I've, me and uh, Brian Cushing have talked about getting shirts made. And once I start pumping out some merchandise for the um yes, the chasing edges one. brand yeah you, you, you'll, you'll be the first to get a brian's versus the world shirt yes <laughs> <So>. yes <laughs> no but yeah. uh and we've already talked a little bit before this but i'm i'm just pumped to talk to you anyways just because you grandfathered our company kind of into the whole breath world and then just with what you do with uh shift adapt and what you've done with art of breath and really there's how much you guys share publicly even with like the hhp foundation mm-hmm. i just think what you guys do is just magical as far as like the mm. ability to share and pump information. So like that's main reason why I'm hyped to talk to you on top of you just being a super well, interesting human. I, I, I certainly appreciate the feedback like that. Uh, and, and happy that it's, it's been able to do what the intention was, was to provide people with information, some information that maybe wasn't exactly, uh, digestible before. Yeah. And that's where I think you guys were kind of, I, I I might get my mythology mixed up, but like Prometheus, as far as like bringing fire, I think that's the right, the right uh, that's a, <laughs> myth where it's yeah. just like, but you're articulating and taking research and application in the same world where like, I've talked about breath a decent amount on the podcast, but like, there's kind of like these, these couplings where it's like a lifestyle thing. It's a yoga thing. It's mechanics only. It's like the oxygen advantage chemistry. But then now it's like, this is the art form. And like, this is the, like the fire you're bringing back. And I think you've done a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, in that realm, like even, but just even like your field notes and things like that, just the constant transparency is really cool. Oh, you're seeing those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. But it's just a, in that, in that world, it's just, um, yeah, it's the ability to storytell, um, carries a lot of weight and yeah. particularly this. And I, I keep refining my, my story with breath work and how I found it and how it applies to sports or military. And so it's just like, it's cool to one here, your completely different perspective coming from again, the science ultra marathon this optimal performance background and then me just coming out as like initially a meathead using it to be better at football and then now learning the art of it it's been it's been fun so it's it's been cool that you whether you knew it or not you're a mentor from afar so uh i'm excited to dive in well i'm 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 honored uh and you know i i interestingly i too was the meathead that got into this i just did it 25 years ago yeah. And and that's what and that's where like the and I say this about football locker rooms too, where like you kind of 
like you need like you can't just have rookies and all these like massive all-stars you need these like stepping stones and like who knows how many like stepping stones you're ahead but like i like i see the path before and like it's just like okay somebody's been able to bridge this gap before so it's just like again that's i mean that's why you have mentors and people again to lead the way and that's obviously something you guys have done but um so how we start the podcast off though chasing edges where are you chasing edges in your life right now where are you learning where are you growing uh i am learning and growing in everything i do uh that is the only goal i mean i literally was having this conversation with a guy who i just i just got back from going down to the surfboard shaper to get two more boards made and uh but i had to go down to huntington which is like an hour drive south so i have this thing this is going somewhere <laughs> don't worry i'm here i'm here I, for it I, yeah i i, I have i have this thing that i've been talking about for a while now where i i changed how i drive um and that changed how my life functions um it, it's a lot like breath work um and maybe maybe how you drive maybe how people drive now will be, be as impactful as breath work but um you know i uh i challenged myself because that's kind of what we do is is really what i figured out what we do is we're we're really in stress tank training like we're just teaching people how to how to how to work with stress versus letting it own them um but that that's a very deep subject we'll probably get into through this thing but i challenged myself probably two two and a half years ago to, to drive the speed limit for a week and um, <laughs> it, it, i i failed miserably at that the very first day and didn't do it for like a week or two and um but came back to it and i uh, was like all right fuck it i'm gonna do this and so i did it and i was it was rough the first day then the second day something happened where it wasn't as hard when i got in my car and i'd start to drive and I was living in California at the time. So it was still like, like cars are very important in California. Um, and by midday of the second day, I was like, oh, I'm, this is the way I'm doing things from now on. I was able to kind of see everything slow down and I was able to come, become very aware of where I was at and in the moment. And I could see how traffic worked. And without judgment, it became, oh, this is literally like what anxiety looks like. And it was cars jockeying for position, rushing to go places. And all of a sudden, I just got this flash of who I had thought I was for so long. And it was, I was this guy who needed to be somewhere and was doing so much and was like, really like just burning himself out. And even though like I had done all this work and like around <laughs> like all of this, like, I mean, I I've been involved in, in, in kind of the breath work space per se uh, for almost a decade at this point. And, and like, I, I mean, this is like two, two and a half years ago and it just shattered my world. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is how I want to live. And I was presented with the reality of how I behaved and how insecure I actually was. And meaning I was so terrified of who I was when I wasn't trying to be somewhere or do something else that I was just using my car as just another means for that. Right. Um, and it's a very normal thing. I actually, when I do, when I go do talks and they have me come do speaking stuff, I actually present this at the very end 
for people is here's the challenge. Go drive the speed limit for a week. And, and without fail in a probably 10 talks in the last year and a half, people are like, fuck no, nope, uh-uh, not happening. And it, which is fine. Like I, I get it, but I was just having this conversation with my buddy who I was meeting and I'm like, oh, bro, I'm so sorry. I'm on top. I'm like, I'm 20 minutes early because I just anticipated there'd be traffic and I drive slow. Interesting. It's, I mean, like, it's almost like who's driving the car, like is the ego driving the car? And then it bleeds into like, I mean, like I I'm trying to, cause I, I changed my driving habits recently too, where I, I started driving in silence as opposed to like having music or podcasts on and that kind of thing. And like, that's been medicinal for me in general, just being able to like think through my own problems and ask my own questions in that, in that realm. But like the, the, the argument that like people mistake activity with achievement or in this case, acceleration with achievement is a whole different concept because like, I obviously you fall victim to that just because you don't even look at your models. Like the, the model of driving is like, it's almost like uh like the Logan Gelbrick model where like, when's the last time you improved your driving and your parallel parking and what they're in practice in the parking lot. And it's very rare because you let reach level of competence, but it's also, you really reach the level of the system where it's like, Oh, I have to get there faster. Whether again, like that's your urgency or just like uh, a habit you've overlooked for a very long time. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'd even argue that there's nothing to improve, but that's a whole nother thing, you know? Um, but I mean, it's a part of this, but you know, what's interesting is that, you know, and I, I heard this quote I, and I'm, I don't remember who she was, uh, but it's very, very important. And it is that we are the only species who has figured out how to measure something that does not exist. That is time. Mm -hmm. And we think we are quite literally, we get into our cars and we anticipate being somewhere else, which is the very definition of what anxiety actually is. And so, but this all fits into the same models of like where we exist currently as, as a society, especially, you know, within these first world countries and social media is like, you go on to something and there's an infinite scroll loop that you can go on to. And there's no way to get real information from something when somebody is only posting something that they want you to see and not the whole picture, but you are using your filter to see that. And so there's an inference. So there's no way to kind of absorb even that. So you can scroll to the next thing to get the hit to then move to the next. And it, there's no end to that. Right. And that, process in and of itself has helped accelerate what I think is, I think, I think we're somewhere at like 140 newspapers of information a day that's thrown at us. And you just brought up something very important about sound is that we're literally listening. Every one of us has about the equivalent of a washing machine running around us at all times. This is why and how we have become so disconnected. No. we are i am the only one responsible for participation Not yeah we're, yeah and that's and that's where like that the self-experiment of driving the speed limit which is is daunting at times 
is a little light switch. And like, I always like hitting switches of awareness where somebody will say something that changes my perspective, or I'll try something that changes my perspective. But it also like, again, it's the same as like introducing any form of novelty It's going to use more brain power and it's going to have friction. It's going to, again, be harder to uh, assimilate into that new structure or like I, I light switch under this new light of understanding where I think, in that realm, like people should push towards that and like become, and, and that's where like awareness is like, like my bread and butter, where it just doesn't even matter who I'm talking to or who I'm coaching. It comes up some way, shape or form is like, what are you even aware of the narrative you're speaking? Are you even aware of the anxiety and the stress? And like, that's where like, you got to challenge it at all costs. And like, that's where I think that the driving deals nails, because like, that's something I've drastically overlooked. Cause I drive like a madman. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I grew up in Southern California. So yeah. other than New York City, in the United States, there really aren't any two different, more radical places to be driving in terms of like dysfunction. <laughs> yeah. And you even look at traffic and it's like you always like ask questions like, is there a better way to do this? Like, it, like is, is anybody here solving problems? Well, I, I think the better question, just if, since we're on the talk of a better or improving is what do I actually want? Mm. What, what do I want? Do I want the experience or do I not want the experience? And I mm. want the, I am at a point in my life where I want the experience. I, I was on a phone call on the way back up from the uh, Huntington and uh, with, with a friend, a, a gal who I've known for years. Um, and this very thing kind of came up about what we want and getting out of the way of that and you know really being able to define that um is a real struggle for people and it's our it's actually our insecurities that are getting in the way but we don't see it as that um it, it it's a uh it's, it's called frustration and anger or long-term emotion right and Eckhart Tolle said it best where he's like a healthy organism in a healthy organism a, an emotion is a short-lived response. And mm. that's like, you know, when you play ball, it's like you fucking, you're in a play, boom, something happens, you hit a guy or a guy hits you and then the play's over and you move on, right? Well, what if you don't move on? What if you hold a grudge? Yeah. <laughs> where does that, where does that take you? And and that, that exact, and, and you might get even or whatever, but then that transcends into things that, that inevitably get to places that, we where that insecurity actually exists and the interesting thing about all of this is that you know and this still baffles the medical medical scientific world is that the human body knows how to solve all problems without our intervention hmm. outside of genetic anomalies yeah, it can solve disease. It can. There are very few things outside of genetic prob mutations or problems that first line exist that the, the biology of us, without our intervention, will solve itself. Which is actually more a part of us and more who we are than what we think or that language that we're speaking. Yeah, usually we get in our own way in that capacity where it's like, like, again, now you get into like, most of our life isn't really built for to be a great breather, you know, and that in that in that realm, like most of our like, 
then I, I make this argument too, where like, I, I love your point. And like, I, I mean, we can come back to it where like outcome detachment and short-term memory and professional sports is a superpower. Mm-hmm. Like you see the guys that go and try and get even and they, they blow the job and like, give up a touchdown, but Hey, they got their hit. And like, no, like that's, and you can make this analogy and pull it to dogs. Like dogs don't take their fight at the park home with them. They go home and like eat, drink, sleep. And like, that's like, so I always tell like, tell my guys like be a dog. And then I, now I've even like drawn that out now because one of my new favorite reads was, is the hour between dog and wolf or now yep, like, the, now, yeah, great read. But like in that realm, it breaks that physiology separation down again. But like that, that the one thing you said, the, do you want the experience or do you not want the experience just floored me in that realm? Because like even like the next play in the football analogy, like I want to like have every wit about me. I want everything available for this moment. And like, you can simplify it to driving where I want this experience where like, it's an overlooked experience. It's usually rushed, rushed through, which is why it's something that they just floored me in that capacity because now it's like, where else are we doing these things and how much anxiety are we costing ourselves because of this made up concept of time? which is another great, great thought pattern. So I'm, yeah, I'm, my wheels are spinning already. Well, I mean, this, this all really breaks down to, you know, going back to being a kid mm. and that's, that's the truth. Um, and it doesn't not exist for anybody. It doesn't matter what kind of a household you were brought up in, even if it was the perfect house, you uh, only knew how to feel and did not have logic. And so you have to mirror those who you are around or who are raising you in order to get what it is you truly need. Right. And through that process, you develop strategies for solving problems, which are very real for survival at that point. The problem exists as we become adults because we we maneuver those strategies into uh things that exist or trigger us back to those places right and and so we don't know how to necessarily communicate about that or work through that And so we don't allow ourselves the ability to logically work through it. So it's an automatic revert, like taking a step back to that childhood instance, because we didn't have the tools to go through it. So we then react or do it. And then we've ingrained so many patterns about our life. It's just like walking, man. Like if you walk with your feet turned out or, you know, you squat like a, you know, a nimkum poop, like a dog fucking a football, like, you know, like, it's like, dude, these are movement patterns that you've basically created that your nervous system has reinforced and myelinated through a process, which is the same thing that your sympathetic nervous system has done and how you've actually established what, where you're at in life and how you actually manage certain stressors, certain things you are better at than I am better at. And if I don't take the time to slow down and experience that and work through that, I don't get the experience. Yeah. And that's, I mean, uh, that pairs with so much of what I've, I've learned and started to do this last year where like just understanding like how, again, like even our memory works in the realm of like the, Mm. the hippocampus and the amygdala kind of tag teaming our memory with like these emotions tied to these, some of these memories too. And then I went, I went and approached that me solving my lifestyle of being like a people pleaser in that realm. And, 
And so now it's just like, okay, I, I took this relationship that I have with my parents that was dictated on survival where my needs come second. And I took that into my friendships, um, coaching, whatever, like all those things. And I didn't understand it till I was aware of it. And then now, like you, now you start taking tactics where like one of my big tactics is I call myself a liar whenever I people please. And in that realm, it helped me solve my problem. It's tangibilizing this, again, this little kid concept that I, I'm trying to grow out of in essence, but um, the the ability to stop exist and experience is real is like that's the medicine though but it's like all that's dictated on again being aware of it and asking questions about it and then now you can start to dictate action but um so like as when you so uh, do you does this show up in your coaching or does oh, yeah. this okay uh, so, uh, oh no this is the actual basis of what it is i do currently uh which is why i charge an arm and a leg at this point <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and because I, I no, it's just I value what it is we deem time so much that I need people who actually want to get down to the nitty-gritty so that when I actually expose them to something in training and I'm asking them to do certain things to experience it in a certain way, so they can actually understand how they respond to stress and that they actually are getting that experience. Right. Mm -hmm. and I want people who want the experience. That is it. And it, it becomes it, it, it's cool because I'm it, as hard as that might sound to get clientele. I am I am as busy as I need to be. And I am as happy as I have ever been. Uh, I'm as content as I have ever been. And I am working with people who wholeheartedly want to grow. And although they all are at different places. The beauty, the artist, the art lies in me helping them navigate through that to connect it into their lives that they're living. And that's, I mean, essentially what it is I do is help people develop a, 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 a real practice, like something that actually is something that is integrated into life, kind of like what a samurai or whatever would do. Yeah. And in that realm, like, but that also makes sense to me as the most logical coaching because <laughs> you know you're, you're i mean it, it only took me 20 years to get to this place yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of babysitting along the way <laughs> yeah, well, yeah well i'm like i'm just i'm on my own journey in that capacity where like most of the like when i do start coaching guys it ends up just being under the the door of breath work or like the the bucket of breath work and then you, but you can't i don't think you can communicate breath work succinctly without understanding the human and the emotions and everything that are attached to it and like that's where like yeah we can use the ice and suffocation to like be a stressor and a teacher but then of the day like you're still like their perception of that's different than mine so i can't even like coach them without them knowing themselves so it's just been fun to like kind of work through that and then every every person i've worked with it's grown into like life coaching more or less than just simply breathwork coaching and i'm yeah. sure you've seen a similar pattern <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I have. I mean, it's just, you know, although a lot of my work still revolves around like strength and conditioning and, um, you know, exposure work, it, it, it's how am I arcing that for the client in order for them to get what it is they actually want versus mm -hmm. what they think they want. Those are, those are always two different things, except for maybe one or two people I've met in my life. Um, and, and one of those guys is, you know, a very good friend and mentor, friend of mine, like, you know, actually two of those fucking people are so like, yeah, well, Malcolm Gladwell and outliers in some scenario, probably. Yeah, yeah, pre pretty much. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just like, 
the, this is a nobody's fault. This is not a bad thing. It's just where, where we all are at and we haven't done the work to actually get out of the, the, our own way. That's usually the problem is we're in our own way and we've allowed our unconscious, our, our, our unconscious mind to kind of run the show when, and, and then our, our conscious mind is what gets frustrated or gets mm. angry or gets overly sad about the, uh, about our attachments and our expectations towards things that we don't know how to go around and solve because the unconscious part is driving at fucking 80 miles an hour trying to be somewhere versus being present around where they're at. Yeah. And that's where like one of my, one of my coaching tactics is the, like the consciousness, consciousness competence pyramid as it, as it Mm -hmm. scales up where for for those of you listening, that's basically like when, usually when I get into the breath world, most people are unconsciously incompetent. You eventually make them consciously incompetent, consciously competent. And eventually it goes back into the subconscious uses less brain power. They become unconsciously competent and we carry on and solve another problem in that, in that realm. But, and that's every skill and every sport and every Mm -hmm. life, like ideally you want to make these very, subtle differences just so unconscious that your foundation is incredible and like that's just how i i start to look at like the breathing world but even like this this even like your pace of life is what it sounds like you're talking about um because i i I get in this argument a few times where like like total output a lot of like athletes hang on like i need to be able to do this this and this and like that's and in essence like that's like their, I don't know, their external validation because they can hit these numbers on the treadmill. They can hit this weight and they can do this. I go, that doesn't make you the best athlete. We're, we need to talk about decision-making in that realm. And I know you, I know you thrive in this category because like you're, you got to demystify what they want and why they want it. And like, and I want, I do want to kind of get this, some of this into high performance because I, it's been, it's interesting to see the adoption of like, if anybody even has very, very few adoption of like breath work or this understanding of stress into professional sports. I know like you've, you've spoken to a bunch of people, but in that realm, um, why do you see it as much like restriction and to getting this like into the mainstream of high performance? Like, I, I, well, even though that's your world, I mean, let, let's, since, I mean, you're very familiar with it. Um, and I'm somewhat familiar with the NFL and the trip and, and how, um, things sort of work within a team, you know, and there's a lot of politics, man, there's because there's a lot of money on the line. And so they hire people who, you know, and this has been my experience in just about anything that's been high level, right. Including going into the prisons of which I'm, I do, and Mm -hmm. I'm going into is there's a, there's a hierarchy of things and people who are, who are, um, who are not as open to this stuff because they're protecting a job. Mm. Right. Um, And it's not everyone and it's not all things, but there's a way that I've, you know, I've gone about this in my past that was not very effective. Um, And now I'm simply about like, I mean, to be, to bring it corny, I'm just about love, man. I'm going to make it about love and I'm going to, I am going to, make it so people don't have to feel threatened. But it's like, I remember getting a specific player ready for training camp, (laughs) sending him to said training camp and watching him get deconditioned at said training camp and getting feedback as to what they were doing for training. And I'm like, how are they here? 
how is this team that's worth millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of yeah. dollars, Bill, billions, probably. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, you know, and I'm not going to name teams, but yeah, <laughs> they've won a number of Super Bowls. And it's like, yo, this is so weird. Like, this is just so weird that people are threatened, you know, at, the, at this level. But that's exactly what that level is about. Yeah, and it's a uh, like in that round, like it because I've seen the same friction just like even while I was playing. But again, like, you see when guys get hurt, like the PTs point at the strength staff, strength staff points at the the load in practice or whatever it ends up being. Like the the people in professional sports, like that's also their professional sport. <laughs> like that's their like the highest level of their profession potentially in their eyes, and they identify with that that platform. And so you see this friction where, like, in essence, like you can start to see why some of the organizations won because they have the least barriers between they don't have the finger pointing and it's kind of like tribe mentality where if you're not fighting inside the tribe, you can fight everybody else. And you have like, and then like, that's why I even make the argument that like Bill Belichick, they have the smallest front office in professional football. And obviously they have this tradition of winning where it's just like they've limited and put boundaries on the amount of voices and like the amount of input or the stressors. And I've heard they have one of the most communicative, uh, whatever facilities between like PT and strength and that kind of thing. So I see these correlations, but it's also like, I, cause like when I, like, I, like I've pitched to some colleges and like that kind of places where I've coached and consulted a little bit where I got to talk to the PT, I got to talk to the strength staff. I got to talk to the head coach or the, uh, the AD or whatever. And it's just like, you're trying to sell this whole, this whole concept when really it's just like, you're trying to come in there and help, even though it kind of with some mobility, it leans on the PTs world. Like some of the, you start to get into some strengthening ideas and like the breath world and it kind of leans in the weight in the weight room. And then now you start to deal with egos and it's just like, it's sometimes it's almost just like an uphill batter. That's not worth it. hundred percent. I mean, the, the, like a, a number of the clientele I work with, um, uh, who are not professional athletes, uh, but do function at the highest levels of business culture, et cetera. I mean, in terms of what we're talking about, like, you know, like in entertainment world, right? Like they have chefs, they have PTs, they have massage therapists, they have assistants, they have all these people. I, when I go into these environments, there is a, there has to be a, a congruency that I am communicating there's a communication that's happening between everybody. Everybody's on the same page, but usually typically when I come in, I'm actually the kingpin that is in that because I'm the only one who's ever asked for that. And so it's like, Hey, if we're going to work together, I need to have access to this person. They need to be on the same page as me, but I need to actually get the client to understand that I do know what I'm doing. So, and it's like, I, I, like I have a team that'll come in for blood work, like biochemistry, nutrition, um, Etc. That that's not my world, but I do understand a lot of that. But that's not my. That is not what my profession is. And I have really learned to shut the fuck up on things. And it's so funny because people will quite literally come in and start spouting their mouth off about things. And I used to do this: is I would run my mouth about things that I really had. I, I knew something about, but I definitely wasn't the the nutrition guy you know like i'd start talking about nutrition to somebody right and i've had yeah i was a cover sheet guy i I had i had my one page yeah 
Yeah. And it, it, you know, I've really learned, and this is why I'm, it's so crazy because this all comes back to the driving thing again. I am simply going in for the experience and doing what it is. I have created an art form around, and I know how to develop strength, conditioning, movement, et cetera, for a plethora of different sport or environments for whatever athlete or for a, an executive type who's looking for, you know, I don't know, optimization, I guess. Yeah. In that world of optimization, um, as far as like the, in particular, because I know you are all encompassing in that realm, but in the world of breath. So, and I, because I just, I like people to hear more examples yeah. where like you, again, you get your hands on what is a professional athlete. Um, and obviously like most people haven't been coached in breath work before. Like, like what is some of the optimization you've seen from already a high performer? The difference that, again, this implementation of breath work as a tool has shown you see i i i see per percentage changes in aerobic capacity or aerobic function that aren't out there you've got a professional athlete who's a professional fighter those are the fighters are the fittest people in the world granted we could argue about the crossfit thing which i've participated in yes if we're talking about crossfit as a sport sure a crossfitter is great but if we're actually talking about a real environment where a fight is actually happening i look man i've done crossfit i have a sub three minute friend I, I i like i know that if you combine all of that and do it over lots of days it's a lot of work a lot of things get in a fucking ring and fight another human being for five rounds in that arena, that is a different beast. Um, nonetheless, you know, you go look at a running back or you go look at like, you know, a lineman, like you got, like there are very fit individuals in all of these categories. But when we start to really look at that stuff, you know, you only see very small percentage point changes in athletes like that, because they've done the work, you've done the work, you don't get to that job because you haven't done the work, right? Or, or some of the work, right? And when we when the things that we implement, if if the athlete can actually want wants to follow, yeah, are, are, are major changes. Yeah. Major. Uh, can, can you give any examples there? Because like, because I'm a believer yeah. here, I'm a believer here, too, just because like, what you're saying is like, these small separation points, like whether again, a here, we'll just or, use a fittest athlete and like you use a CrossFitter, right? Yeah. Took a games level athlete who had competed in the games, came back to me and said, Hey man, can you help me with this stuff? I need to understand more. I want to recover better. I want to get fit, like whatever. He came in and he could, he was putting out, um, he was like probably putting out around 250 watts at about 140 heart rate. Right. Um, and that's where he, he, he tested nose breathing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Granted, he had the ability to get up to about a 180 heart rate ish, 84, 85, um, and could hold, roughly three or 400 in between three and 400 Watts for a good chunk of time, right. An aerobic piece of yeah. time, but yeah. a high, high output, like aerobic glycolysis. So hard, you know, five minutes roughly. Yeah. Okay? In one month, 
we got him up to breathing nasally at a 170 heart rate and putting out that three to 400 watts and he could go all day. Mm. Which so, is a massive separator. Yeah. It's a, and he went from barely get placing third at the regionals the year before going to the games and getting absolutely, you know, he was down by the bottom. He was down at the lower end of finishing um, to winning the regional. This isn't all because of what we did, but it, it was an integration into these things, right? Yeah. Uh, a fighter um, that we were able, I've, I've been able to uh, increase his, his capacity probably in the vicinity of 10 or 15%. Um, output. I mean, he's just, he's like, dude, I I don't know why everything is so easy now. And it's like, well, your conditioning is in a place that it wasn't before because you didn't understand the aspects of conditioning. It's like, we we think it's just going harder. Well, you can only go so hard for so long and you can only do so much of that. And if you're burning through sugar, you're burning through energy. And yeah, so the, you have to replace that, as you know, as most people do, yeah. you have to actually re- replace and restore that. Well, if I teach you how to limit that use of excessive carbohydrate use, we have made you fitter, right? And and that's what we're talking about. Is that aerobic separation yeah. in essence? Yeah. Which yeah is, which... fit, fitness is simply the ability to function longer, aerobic, function at a higher aerobic level. That is it. Yeah. Like, so. What I can only do anaerobically now, I can do aerobically in a month. That is why there's a fitness change, essentially. Yeah, I like that uh, illustration of that. Well, not illustration, the accuracy of that. Because like that's, in essence, what you're doing. Because like I make this point all the time with guys where it's like... I usually argue like like you look at a linebacker room in the NFL again. I'm just going to yeah. speak on what I know. Yeah. And the physical capability of most of the guys in the room isn't very different. So mm-hmm. usually I, I make the strong argument that like it's between the ears that separators. That's the $20 million difference between a guy that's making league men versus a guy that's getting paid 15 to $20 million to do the same job at a very like maybe a five, 10% difference. But now you start talking about the ability to increase aerobic capacity and now, because like this is where I think you get yourself in a better position mentally on the field, which is where you can separate yourself. So if you have this better baseline and where I want like football kind of pounds it into you, but a lot of guys don't approach football with like an aerobic base when like more when you get away from receivers and running backs and that kind of thing, linebackers, linemen, there's not usually a strong reinforced aerobic habit and 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 their programming unless you have a good trainer in essence um but that realm but the goal here is like when you implement this stuff and say you do get anywhere from a five to fifteen percent increase of your aerobic capacity now you're going to put yourself physically and mentally in a better position to make the decisions on the football field so like that's why i try and illustrate it as like a worthy endeavor and like that makes incredibly logical sense to me if people understand the stress and like the blood flow in the brain and what's really going on as this mental, this mentality becomes a separator. Yeah. And you're, what you're really, what we're also talking about here is the nervous system and how it functions. And there's a direct correlation with aerobic activity, parasympathetic activity and anaerobic activity and sympathetic activity. 
it's a modulate, like it's a sliding scale here, right? And it's a sliding thing, but we do know that the, if you can remain nasal breathing, and this is the importance of this, but, and, and, and to be clear, it's not just about nasal breathing, just so we're very, 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 very clear. I like, um, granted, I've been a part of the whole madness of everybody should be nasal breathing, but yeah. it, it, we know for fact, that if you are nasal breathing, you have more parasympathetic tone, which means what you, everything you just articulated is exactly what's going on. Like you can see the room now. You, you you close that, you get more intense. You have closed the room up and you can only, you you become very microbial. Yeah. And that's where, like, I think this, the whole idea of state control and the breath as a remote and like, and it's got we i think we've got a lot of the world has gotten past like the woo woo of the breath work now it's still out there for sure like and like pre- people still learn that realm but like when you start to get in the view of like breath work as state control for these because you see it again football i'm gonna keep talking about it um i haven't talked about it on the pod in a while so it's good but in that and <laughs> that well in that realm like you see a yeah. lot of guy a lot of guys on the football field that have all the athletic ability in the world and they know their X's and O's in the in the meeting room, but you get out there and they can't execute. They blow coverage. They hit, they fit the wrong gap. Like they're overthinking. And and I I was facing that when I was playing too, which is why part of what, how I got drawn into this world of, of breath work. But if you can if you can control your breath and you're really just your physiology and environment, you have this better opportunity to execute mentally. And I still think guys and the leagues and every sport and even business, like, you know, this more than anybody, like everybody needs to understand this concept because now in your realm, and I, I, it's from you, I say it all the time where it's like the, the psychology is unresolved physiology world. Like Mm. people need to learn this language. So I coach Mm. it as a language, like, Mm. like I, I, I'll, I'll take parasympathetic sympathetic out of it and say okay up regulatory down regulatory yeah. so and down. that's pro- yeah, uh, that's probably the better terminology in terms of like gen- general population and most people right that, that that is absolutely and you're spot on like that is where like that's the reality of this you are teaching reality yeah which is, that's a that's a whole another concept well like you're like if you start looking at reality like that now you can't detached reality from this experience <laughs> that you've already started to hit home on which is dynamite yeah i like that a lot yeah i mean it, it, there there's been a tremendous amount of work that has gone in to I, I realize how much work i've i've put in you know and 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 i don't mean that in terms of like patting myself on the back but it's like you know i had no idea i was going to end up talking about breathing almost 10 years like basically 10 years ago and and prior to that i had been in the human performance world for 15 years working my ass off where i learned about human movement in a way that most people did not get the opportunity to i grew up with people and and worked with people who have literally changed the landscape of how and what we look like with the movement side of stuff right um and and Going back to that, it was like I was able to connect the breathing into that. But then now it's like, oh, whoa, like that is what the there is no separation of mind and body. This is the one thing in the context by which, you know, I'm stealing this from my friend Peter Crone, but literally the con the 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 language of the container is quite literally how we are communicating to this system. 
And it doesn't matter what you do, even if so. And you've explained this a couple of like you've, you've done this where there's just these guys who couldn't who couldn't execute or do this. Right. That's because the language of the container was not mismatched with what the body was actually communicating and needing to do. Right. Yeah. And that's a, where art becomes false. Right. You can see it's not that art, it's false, but it's like there's a, it's untruthful, right? And so we get the, when we see real, when we see athletes who are like, like, you're just like, whoa, like that is a special human being, right? Um, That is a connection between the two things. Yeah. The the connections, the art. Yeah, that is the expression of the art. You're getting out of the way. And so the unconscious mind and the unconscious nervous system is able to do what it's really there to do. Yeah, and it's and it just solved the problem that you put in front of it, in essence. Yeah, because you're getting out of the way and you're participating in the experience. Yeah, and you're in your reality. Yeah, you're in as close as close to reality as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, I mean, it's like, I, and you, you look at an athlete and like, look, I, I just looked up some numbers, just I, a percentage point change. Right. And in less than a month with a high level UFC fighter, we were able to make a more than a 7% change in how they were doing something in less than a month. Those are that that's a number. Nobody really like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, makes they, they it those levels right yeah they don't get in the weight room you know no, no man yeah. i mean you know like sh- it, but but that being said it's like what does that look like year to year you know and how does that function and you know i mean i i was able to work with rich froning very early in his career um you know i got a real good opportunity with that and him um tia claire Toomey, i i worked with early on in her career as being the fittest woman in the world and it's like i got to drop some of these things into it's not trust me i i'm not trying to take credit for these people at all they are freak shows and they're very very well dialed with everybody and everything they're doing but i got to drop some things into those spaces for thought and application and seeing it transcend is really cool right like it's really cool to see because i know what i saw with myself and then i started noticing what i was seeing with those who were willing to listen to me close in my space then you start putting it out and you're like oh people are really getting onto this thing this is really cool well just like you're not even just dropping things like you're handing them like you're handing these mechanic these mechanical monsters tools and like you give them a tool that influences every system in their body. And like, so now the same as like, you won't see that 7% jump in the weight room and maybe not depending on diet, depending on how poorly it was to begin with, whatever it ends up being, mm-hmm. like you might see jumps there just because people don't understand the systems. But in that realm, like that tool has mm-hmm. like, it's like, now you start talking about leverage and separation. And like, it's the same as like, you can do the math on compound interest for 1% better, but like, I know the 1% difference and, and NFL linebacker room. And like this, again, like you can go down the whole, any given Sunday, the, the, we fight for that inch concept, like, but that is a separator in high performance and 100%. yeah. 
And that's where like, I just think it like I I'm biased because like I'm probably in my own echo chamber, uh, a lot, like alongside some of what you talk about in the breath well, world. You, you, you've gone through the experience, you've experienced yeah. what you needed to experience. And so you're, you're sharing that and talking about it, which is what you're telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Most people aren't like, yeah. they're just like, Oh, I'm just following this program and do this. And yeah, we can get some results with that for sure. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and that's not a, interested in that. Yeah, and I and I get that too. And I, you 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 get a, just a small percentage of the room sometimes when you do drop this on people. But really, it's just again, it's just the sharing of it has been fun for me in general. Because like, and then even like when you get into coaching breath, like it's not a one size fits all. So now you get into like the whole um the understanding of life like so now you get into their diet like one size doesn't fit all in diet one size doesn't fit all in this it's like now it's but like the cool thing about it is again another book that I, i like a lot is building the elite where how they look at those systems is like the most important variable in a system is the most limiting and when you have these high performers i've run into guys where like a lot of their numbers and they have the nutritionist and they have six trainers and an acupuncturist and whatnot like sometimes the breath can be this cool variable in a system that has a lot of leverage for them. So just, uh, I, I'm just, uh, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, well, I mean, but, yeah. that's the biggest, like that's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit in the room. Like to be, yeah. as you understand, and it's why I can go talk with an NFL lineman and we can talk training and talk about how this could help with him. Then I could go talk to a, Uf, a fighter in the UFC. And then I'm going to go to into a prison and talk to a guy about it and make it make sense for it in, in there. And it's like, look, man, these are high stress survival environments. All of them. Granted, a few of them are for play, but yeah, right. Like, but we're making a real, like you're making some real survival like moves out there. But, you know, even though one is, and it's like, Knowing how to play with that arousal level lever, but understanding why it goes a certain way or why you think you need to be a certain way, which is where and why, I, you know, like I, I really diverted fairly early on from the whole like hyperventilation crowd was just, it was like, there were just too many of us that were just attracted to that thing that was like, dude, aren't we all already just like fucking cranked up? Like, yeah. Why are we getting more cranked up? You know, and uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a good potent tool uh, method, but it certainly is not the uh, advanced thing that it claims to be. In fact, it's more so something that's learned to hijack the sympathetic nervous system really quickly and then drop it out into the parasympathetic nervous system, which has immune system responses. So, I mean, you could get the same thing out of the cold or you could get the same thing out of a sauna or you could get the same thing out of exercising, which just so happens to be the number one prescribed thing for disease anyway. So go figure. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just... Uh, it's just people don't... like. That's the like the shiny part of the world is, okay, I can feel... I feel really different. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, and it's like... But I, I've learned what I've learned to really do is like, Hey, let's stress you out real quick. Like, and so I'll take people and get them stressed out in large groups at this point and have them go through what it's like to feel that by having them restrict their breathing. Right. And go through some things that make some real physiological changes start to happen. And most people don't like those chemical changes. Yeah. Uh, You know, and uh, panic is not fun. (laughs) And it makes you think about a lot of weird shit. Yeah. Right. 
And but it but it reminds you of the only thing you're ever going to need to do, which is death, which is dying, right? Yeah. And, and that's the only real thing we need to do. And so I'll walk people into that and give them this thing. And then it's like, hey, how do you feel now? Well, it's like, dude, that didn't feel great. Like I felt panic. I'm like, yeah, have you can you correlate this feeling in a time that wasn't constructed like I just constructed? that was not only maybe just emotional or it was actually physical. And it's like, oh yeah. And so people start thinking like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then we go through it again, but then I give them a way to just change their breathing and slow it down. And they're like, and they're checking their heart rate and their heart rate crashes. And they're like, what the fuck just happened? And they're like, yeah, what did happen? Yeah. It's, and, it's and, just, yeah, it's a tool. It's an experience. Yeah. So you look at, you look at, so you go look at performance, right? And what's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit? What do people do when they're trying to recover from sets? Let's just use sets, right? Like yeah. we all understand sets. Yeah. What are they doing when they're recovering from sets? Smoking their, cigarettes, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> or on their fucking phone, like yeah. stimulating their sympathetic nervous system. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, yo, this is where I'll come in and just like eradicate this shit. And it's like, no, no, no. Let's get you doing something that helps you get more involved in this process of recovery, because that's actually what an elite athlete is. Is there somebody who learned how to respond real well to high stress in this environment? And they are very good at that. And so let's get you good at that and dedicated to that. and then. Let's look at when you're closing a deal and what happens when that doesn't go well. What do you do after that? And it's like, okay, so what could you do? Like, how could that feel? Like, you know, and it's like, oh, oh. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. So it just starts to evolve itself. But it, it, you know, really when we, when we look at this stuff, it's why would I actually going into do training? Well, I want to get better. Why would you need to get better? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 you're already really good. You're already the best version of you right now, right here. You can express certain things that come with consequences. Some of those things you may like, but you may not, and, and other things you may not like, but there's only one law and that is the law of consequence. And it teeters either way, but it goes in infinite ways as well. You just have to be accepting of it. Kind of like, I don't know, you, you know, Alan Watts. Yep. You ever heard of the Chinese farmer? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I heard uh, who who did it. He somebody said it on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah, but it's it's a uh, you, you get drop it on drop it on the people well, real quick. Yeah, it's it. So Chinese, I'll just do the beginning of it, right? Like Chinese farmer has a farm, uh, and one day his son goes out and he's on the horse and the and he falls off the horse and breaks his leg, and the, all of his neighbors are like, oh my god, your son who's doing all the work for you in the farm now broke his leg and he can't work for you. So how are you going to farm? And he goes, maybe. And the next day, the army shows up to recruit his son to go to war, but they can't because he's got a broken leg. So he stays home. And then the following day, one of his, his horse runs off and is gone. And everybody's like, oh my God, your horse ran off. How are you going to plow your fields? And he's like, maybe. Yeah. Is it and good then, or bad? Maybe. Then, yeah. then the next day, the horse comes back and he's got 10 horses with him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, this whole concept of what, like, we just don't. So at any rate, 
like go, just going back to the whole idea of getting better or improving is I'm really dismantling this because it's like you're I mean, I'm looking through medical literature and there's really nothing. There's absolutely nothing that we've been able to come up with that actually improves what it is our unconscious system already does. Yeah. Right. Like it'll improve. It'll quite literally adapt to make mutations to and respond to things. We give it the appropriate stimulus. So if I'm going into the gym to improve myself, why the fuck would I be looking at my, my phone in between sets? Yeah. Because we all know at this point that is not improving what's happening between sets and your ability to respond or recover from what it is you're doing. So now take that into your entire life. Yeah. And it's the, it's the ability to work and recover. And I, and I think that's, uh, I think that's always been powerful in that realm. Cause like, again, like it's powerful because like your physiology can follow suit. If you can logic yourself out of like your son breaking his leg and the horse running off, if Mm -hmm. you don't respond to that, you can dull the sense to like the sympathetic. But like, I think like, intuitively we know how to sympathetically respond like babies know how to cry and revert to pain but like my qualm and like my argument with people now is that like we're so far removed from like what our built-in down regulator is like granted like yeah great like breath is a great tool in this realm but i always like nature light and dark cycle like that like that's what is supposed to down regulate us so like we like i like the get out and nature thing is what it is but like in that realm like nature is supposed to be or our environment was supposed to be our down regulator, whether it's peripheral vision, um, walking forward movement, like exercise of being outside sunlight, like being circadian rhythm locked in. Like, yeah. and so now it's just like, I make that argument. Cause like, like you see, I'm sure you see it in the CrossFit world. And then obviously the ultra marathons and fighters and stuff like that. Like everybody wants, like particularly gen pop too. They want to train like a pro, but they don't want to recover like a pro. And like, that's the biggest misstep cool. I see. And even the pros. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to put a video out on Monday. It's going to be, it gets right into this. But, you know, we don't have a low testosterone problem. We don't have a dopamine problem. We don't have a neurotransmitter problem. We don't need to tweak neurotransmitter. You don't need to think about it in these terms. You said it beautifully. Like, it's like if we were actually outside more, like, and involved in the natural environment, we would be responding appropriately to the environment. The problem is, and this goes back to what I was harping on, is just that we quite literally are desensitizing ourselves. We're desensitizing ourselves. And what we're doing is we get, we, we don't understand. And this is what goes back to why you and I agree on is psychology really just misunderstood physiology, right? Is I wholeheartedly believe after spitting that for about three years, two or three years now, that is a fact Mm. that psychology is a fairly worthless. And I don't mean any harm is a fairly worthless profession in terms of the fact that if you are not talking about how physiology works with a restless mind or a disconnected mind body, there's no reason to be talking to somebody. Um, We are now addicted to the chemicals and the biochemistry that is involved in what a lot of this high sympathetic and flipped low parasympathetic system does. Meaning 
There is no irony in the fact that dudes and women at this point who chase high risk, high reward careers and jobs think that that's who they are and don't understand why they want to go take high risk, high reward things every single day or as much as they can or stack as much on their plate as they possibly can. Meaning my calendar is so full, I have no time to actually sit down with myself and extrapolate how I feel because I don't have time to feel, right? Or like you go look at the SOCOM community, right? Or the special forces community. And when guys retire, there's no, like, it's not a surprise why guys go and base jump and do shit like that. Why do they do that? Because they need to get that rush of biochemistry that's occurring in a high sympathetic environment that they're no longer getting because that is what they feel like normal is. And that is why by and large, most dudes and why it's so normal at this point for so many people to be on TRT or growth hormone or whatever, and trying to hack dopamine is because they have quite literally had themselves in a high sympathetic survival mode most days. And if you go look at any of the science and research behind this, you will see what happens with some, any, any animal that does that. Yeah. I I like that perspective. Cause like, I've always just, I, I guess I hadn't completed the puzzle in that realm in my head because I understand like the influences of what, why everybody has low T right now in, in, in essence, um, <laughs> which is, which is endless, but in that capacity, I didn't look at the TRT as like a bridge to keep getting the level that they want. I guess I just didn't, I didn't kind of have that little stepping stone. I want to function like I did in my twenties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because what's that going to do for you? Yeah. And they, they, they just want a full, t- they want a full tank or a full battery and they're not doing they're like, it's again, it's like the easy way out. It's like the, the pill concept. It's like the quick fix. It's I, like, I get, like, I get the shortcut there. Yeah. But in, and like, but, but, and, but it's because they're fried quite literally Mo- by okay. and large, most people are so fried that they can't actually get off the lever and they don't understand how to bring it down. And because they can't bring, they don't want to bring it down because when they do bring it down, they're confronted with the truth. Yeah. And the truth is they're not dealing with why they're so busy. And that's the only reason why busy exists. But this is where it's like, like, this is why people stack their schedules so much is they're so in fear or afraid of things. And I'm only speaking about what it is I've been through. Like yeah. I've quite literally gone through all of this. And then the people I'm working with and have worked with, it's all the same. It's literally on repeat because people don't feel really good about themselves. They think like, I mean, the term, my anxiety is now normal. Um, like eight Remember how, how hot ADD was. And then now that's, that's, that's passe at this point. It's now ADHD. And it's talked about as though it's funny, but this is how I am. No, 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 no. You've chose to experience that. Yeah. You're the experience you're choosing is to be so hot that you think that's who you are. You're not willing to come off that ride to deal with the reality of the shit you're not dealing with, which is why you're doing all this stuff. And, And the thing is, is 
That doesn't mean you can't be successful. Doesn't mean you can't make money. Doesn't mean you can't be popular. Doesn't mean any of that stuff. But, oh, you better be very careful that if you do not deal with that stuff and then you do get really popular or you do make a lot of money, you have now created an infrastructure that is buffering you from a real hard fall. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, I mean... (laughs) I because I approach this on here a little bit and then I got I'll speak to high schools now just like with this Ohio life program where it's just like I attack the identity side of it where it's same Mm -hmm. same as you're saying like because like I don't I don't think they're doing the best job as far as like educating kids like you're like if you put it in these words ADD anxieties depression suicide into these realms it becomes more of an opportunity to be a thought or something to identify with is, is what I've seen and then they're doing different again like uh surveys on the on these words and things like that where kids can be red flagged as problems or like people to address and like that's like that hurts my soul hurts my yeah yeah hurts my soul because in essence like we need to break the identities same as like this this fame rise and why athletes and high performers anybody that was successful has to like restart um, this whole life, this whole life cycle, in essence, really, and like I had Caroline Burkle and some other people on here, where we've had this transition talk a bunch, and like why you should never identify with your profession, anyways. Like, like everything in your life is a transition, whether you go from child to parent to grandparent, whatever, like that concept, or now you go from college football player to professional football player to what now. Really, it's just like you're. Your identity is not your title. Your identity is your capability. My capability allowed me to be a professional football player, but all this capability is still here, even though I'm not playing the sport. And it just needs to be a distribution of that capability. And so it makes more sense to be, again, have the tool of breath work or be capable of violence or be capable of this level of knowledge to communicate. So like if I'm this, then I can be a million things. And like the Mm -hmm. title is just, and then all these titles are just little let goes along the way where yeah, as a football player, yeah, I let that go. Yeah, and it's just like that makes that more such, sense. That is such important work that you're doing, and and I mean, just the I, I've explored this whole identity thing really, really deep as well. And what I came to the conclusion of was, well, it's not even the conclusion, but it is an impossibility to be anything that can change. Hmm. An impossibility. It's an impossibility. It is an impossibility to be anything that can change. So if I'm a football player, am Uh, I always going to be a football player? Nope. So how can you be a football player? That's just something you're doing and you're experiencing, right? Yeah. So, but it's like this whole idea really comes down to um, we have. And it's this is why I mean it's really good you're doing the work you're doing inside these schools is, and and you touched on it is that we are so pervasive in what it is we're doing currently that we are teaching everybody that there's something wrong with us, mm. and there's nothing wrong, nothing. We simply are allowing to elect the people and do the things and put the things in front of us that do exactly what they're supposed to be doing, but we don't like it. (laughs) 
That is that unconscious override thinking there's something wrong with me. So I got to buy into being on here and doing that thing. And it's like, I'm watching this whole thing right now, which is so interesting with like Twitter and regardless of how, or what, what people think about it, it's just fascinating. I haven't participated on Twitter in years, dude. Like, cause I was just like, this is just a fucking successful at any rate. It, it was, I, I've just like, and it's too much. Like I'm on Instagram. I can, and I'm barely even on that now. I don't even post. It's like the business posts. So I I've really worked to get away from the whole social experience. But what's interesting is I'll go on Twitter from time to time now just to observe what's happening. And there are people who are right now deleting their accounts because of who bought because of Elon Musk buying yeah. Twitter. And I watched as, as, as the neuroscientist meditative guru, Sam Harris has recently deleted his account on Twitter because he will not participate where I guess he, he doesn't agree with how it's being run, which I, I, I don't care where the Paul, I, what I find yeah. is that here's a guy who is supposedly deeply spiritual and it, and is getting, he's deleting his account because he can't do it. And I'm curious to know the outcome of what it's going to be like for him being off of Twitter and the freedom he's going to experience in that. Hmm. Just to amplify his, his current, his current some, Something that he probably was unaware of due to his interactions and what he had been doing on yeah. Twitter. Like he's interacting with these people, telling them, you know, he doesn't agree, da, 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 going like, you know what I mean? Like he's super integrated on the, on the social. Now he's had it. So he's deleting it. Now I wonder if he's going to get the experience of total freedom. Yeah. And, and not having attached to social media. And, and that realm, like I, I, I know, I do not know Sam Harris in any way capacity, but like I, when I hear those things and those reactions, um not any attack at him but like i've the more i've met like met not meditated but thought on this concept of like you can tell the size of a man by the size of the things that disturb him the more i'm i the more i understand where it's just like if you are really triggered by this stuff on twitter or you're triggered again break i break it down to the weather if the weather bothers you like again if this level of uh anxiety bothers you like like that you're not a big person or you haven't solved these problems enough to be resilient and we're in that capacity where like i get the identity like he's obviously tied his identity to some stance opposite of elon musk or twitter okay correct okay but can you lose that to again ask questions and feel it or like again like I, again i'm not going to speculate on his, his choices but in that in that realm like i think everybody should be able to be unaffected like if you want to use it use it it's a tool same same as your breath same as your diet everything's a tool and if you don't want to get the benefits of a platform that reaches millions of people cool like it just that doesn't matter and so in that I, realm i just I, uh beautifully put beautifully put yeah it, it, it's it's beautifully put you know what i mean and it's it, it's just fascinating to me that so many people are so upset about something and i think there's going to be a, a deep irony in it <laughs> they get this like profound sense of like oh i want to connect with real people more now like, yeah, well, it's just like I, I, I'm, I get frustrated myself with how reactive people are with all this stuff, and like I, like even with my own politics, like I just, like I, it's almost some of it's almost futile. So I just try and I just try and educate myself to a level of competency, and then like yeah. 
try not to be reactive. I try and hear people out with, with most things. <laughs> I have my own flaws in that capacity where some things I can't be out logic currently. So anyways, besides the point, like how many identities can we let go of again that are always going to change? And like, maybe it's more like you're not going to maybe change your political stance. Like maybe again, it's everything's a scale and that capacity where it's just like, okay, maybe I'm not this far left or this far right now. It's just like, I'm sliding cause I'm learning and like, and I'll, I'll slide maybe a little farther away from Elon or whatever, you know, it just doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it actually does not matter. It's just, yeah. you know, the thing is, is it's like, we're so glued to things that don't actually matter that we've, we, we've like, it goes, it, it's like, it's going back to that comment about we're the only species that's learned to measure something that does not exist, but nor did social media for that matter. Yeah. We now think it's this thing that is like just warping our minds. And it's like, you're quite literally getting what somebody is choosing to put up, which couldn't, be anything close to who they are as a human being and the totality yeah. of what that means to be a human being and who they are. And I've just found it interesting because of the amount of people I've been actually been able to sit down with or have a conversation like this or actually go spend time with. And I'm like, wow, that is not what I'm getting on social media. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, that whole, yeah, that all that stuff irks me too. Or, but like, so not irks me, but I think so. This podcast actually started like this started kind of like end of COVID initially, but I started under a different name called Leaders These Days because mm -hmm. I was kind of fed up with like all this turbulence of everybody saying kids these days, this problem, like kids these days are problems. But really, if you start like look at the system, it's an environment and a generation that's been cultivated. It's been like we've allowed certain behaviors or we let this government structure, whatever it ends up being. So like, mm -hmm. in essence, like we need to take responsibility back to this system and like basically reteach and to, to your point, social media and social media, just because we can quantify the likes and the follows, it does not hold any true value. Yeah. We, only, we give it value. Our perspective and the society gives it value, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean those people are really following. You're not going to go to war with you, you know? So it's just like in that realm. Okay. Like I, like I said, this is part of my bit when I speak to high schools and stuff. Cause I like, I do it under the mask of storytelling with myself for like why, like I cared too much about what people thought and I don't know how yeah. I'd handle this. And, but like, but it just like, it holds no value in the real world. It's a tool. It's a marketing tool. And like, x at that and trust it like you trust a commercial like most of the most of these posts should come with like a warning label beneath it where it's like you can get cancer hurt x y and z underneath it i just think it's kind of a, a bit where you don't know what you're always getting and same as like when you meet somebody or somebody gets catfished or anything like that or yeah. it's just you don't know until you know like the 3d dimensional real person value have interactions create this real relationship with and we mistake some of these relationships as valid and honest when there's no again currency or exchange of information that would dictate that bingo yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. I, you know and i mean just to take it a step further is you know i mean i i've yes i've harped on social media but social media is fantastic yeah oh it's incredible it's allowed for you and i to interact yeah it's allowed for the fact that you and I are here. It's also giving every single person the opportunity on this planet who has access to the internet to share something 
spectacular. And how beautiful is that? You know, how beautiful like, is that? And and that's the reality of it. But yeah, it gets crazy, and we get triggered by things that happen because we sit on it too long. And it's like I mean, I catch myself all the time. I'm like, I'm liking things. I'm liking. It. Granted, it's a lot of animal shit, but yeah. you know, like which you know, just to kind of reinforce everything we've been talking about. Is I post I posted a video the other day. It was the first time I posted in like months. Uh, but I posted from my account, I reposted a video of these lions that were laying on the fucking ground. They're called the giraffe pride. So they hunt giraffe, right? Sweet. And yeah, right. Like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. this male giraffe comes walking through the area normal. Right. And a couple of them are like, Ooh, okay, let's fuck it. It's, it's on. Like, yeah. And you can see they're already on it. Right. But there is literally probably a half dozen lions passed out laying on the ground, right? Then a couple of them decide it's on. And the giraffe starts stomping, right? And he starts running and stomping. And within a split second, the animals that were passed, the lions that were passed out on the ground were up and on and in it. It was a literal split second. And I'm like, this is how every mammal can function mm. and we are capable of that but how many of us are actually capable of that and that's where we are as a species currently and i'm not suggestive that we need to go back to being wild but you know like your girlfriend's pretty wild yep <laughs> <laughs> right? so she probably sleeps outside better than you and i Guaranteed. 100%. 100%. Especially with what I helped her fucking work to get through. Like, why her and I ended up connecting at one point. But, you know, it's like we are so capable of doing that, but we're, we are literally believing, we're giving, we're, we're allowing the marketing, we're allowing the selling of our beauty to things like technology we're outsourcing it to things like technology and that doesn't mean we can't use technology but what it does mean is you are responsible for this and it will have consequences and it will come with desensitization and that desensitization will draw you further and further away from what it is those lions are capable of doing and understanding and why they can sleep so well and why they live such great, wonderful lives the way they do. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, I mean, you, you connected a, a, a few dots there where it's, um, I, 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 my first thought was that like, you're telling me I don't need a dynamic warm up before I hunt and no, before no, I compete. Do not, nor do I, <laughs> but unfortunately you and I probably do actually should be yeah. probably doing that since we've been, I, dude, I've been sitting today for so much, like yeah. so much of my day. I'm like, I got out of my car earlier and I was like, Oh shit, my hip. And I was like, Oh my God, I've been sitting for so long, dude. Oh, I've been, I've been chasing the dragon myself, just burning the candle. I've, I just got back from like a, 15 day road trip and I'm about to hop on some planes for the next 10 days. So I'm just, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm currently supplementing it and avoiding some problems, but, but in that, in that realm, but back to, um, the lions and that, and that capacity, like it makes more logical sense to, for us to, again, like be more primal, 
And I, I'm not talking liver king bullshit. I'm saying like be like return to nature and some concept return to this physiological relationship with rest and work. And again, violence and peace. And like, I like that spectrum better because it, I think it fits a little more into our world. Oh, but yeah. yeah. And you just, have to be. And I think I heard somewhere. I think I heard you were talking about this whole yeah. extreme violence thing and, and extreme the, the spectrum, this yeah, the yeah. spectrum of it. And, and I mean, I look, I, and I've been teaching in the firearms world for the last number of years um, because of what it is I do with understanding how all of this, but it's like, dude, I go into these situations with people who like, I don't know how many times, like how many people go around people who are shooting guns, like a lot of people. And there is shit that happens that is really, really not like it's unsafe, but you have to teach people how to be safe. And when people shoot weapons or are engaged in extreme violence, like if they haven't been practicing or understanding that, scary it is very scary it's going to be scary for people who think they they know when they don't and i i bore witness to that myself thinking i understood you know and it's like you go start playing with jujitsu guys who've been doing this for fucking 20 years or then you go onto a firing line with guys who've been doing this for you know and it's like this understanding extreme violence you you know allows you to know i don't actually want violence at all but Make no mistake. Yeah. There there will be if it needs to be. Yeah. And like that, but that breeds so much peace because you know, yes. and like in chaos, you're capable of X. If you're not capable of that, now fear, emotion, response. Same as like an unprepared player on the field. Like you're going to be more scared the less you prepare. Like, and you can even get into like the actual brain function of that. You well, yeah. Know. The emotional system quite literally makes up for that lack of preparation. Yes. The, yeah. The emotion, so that's where we have our reactive world of social media yeah and then and then like i just kind of this kind of just dawned on because like if you break the breath world, we'll break the breath world down into violence and peace so you will call hyperventilation and down regulation the ends of yeah. the spectrum like there's not a lot of instances where i've ever had to do the hyperventilation unless it was just like for like feel joy or like i'm trying to hold my breath longer or something but like 90 percent of the world is peace it's getting everybody towards peace whether it's between a play a shift or just life or pre-speaking or whatever it ends up being and i think like that is the evidence enough to like this is the medicine of this world or like obviously yeah. like, you you can get i guess we'll put hypoxia down at the end of uh of the violent side too but that's a whole different uh ball game Yes, but, and I actually think that, that that hypoxia is actually one of the more important Pete's aspects to things we could be screwing around with. But I what? concur, you know. And I mean, here's 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 a reality too, is that there is not an ancient martial art that was actually poised on using hyperventilation techniques. There was not. Yeah, I, I believe not. I, and, I believe and that is due to the fact that you are quite literally capable of engaging in a in the most extreme sympathetic the problem is is that we've dismantled our ability to take that biochemistry because of how we've really evolved with you know time well yeah and and i i kind of skipped over it early because like that that makes very logical sense to me it's the same as like we have it ingrained in us when we're kids we need to keep the other end of the spectrum capable um, but what you were talking about earlier is uh, it was more towards like the Twitter lion transition. Yeah. Um, 
but in, in that realm, like what this system, social media, whatever modern society is stealing from us is our pain tolerance or in my, like I, I correlate pain tolerance and CO2 tolerance in the breath world, like, mm-hmm. uh, like and or stress tolerance and that concept where like, if you have very small CO2 tolerance, you're going to be pretty reactive and mm-hmm. biochemically and emotionally. So in that realm, like, and that's now it's like Anna Lemke's concept of dopamine where it's like this teeter totter scale. Well, if we're too comfortable, it takes more of this Twitter or more of this food to again, like, way down this comfort end of it. And again, our pain tolerance, our CO2 tolerance, our stress tolerance shrinks. And then we have a bunch of really emotional problems with, as humans. And then that creates, it might create a better Twitter environment for entertainment, but it's not in essence, like making us better humans to even approach this platform. But um, I just, I just kind of wanted your thoughts on that process. Cause I, I, I'm sure, you know, the whole, the, the whole dopamine nation concept as far as her, her world. Cause uh I mean, I've heard her on a couple of different things now. But yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I really, like, yes, I, I know of some of this stuff. I've studied some of this stuff. Um, I'm not an expert by any means in it, but what I've been able to correlate, especially with my work is that, you know, you, you've got specific, um, you, there, there are things that happen when we toggle that arousal lever. And when I'm triggering dopamine with inside that high sympathetic lever that doesn't involve physical activity. Hmm. I'm in dangerous territory. Yeah. Free dopamine. Free dopamine scary. Yeah. Well, high speed dopamine. And what do you mean? Like high speed? So when I'm high charge sympathetically, like my emotional systems on, like, I'm like, you know, so, I was going to touch on this earlier, but it was just, just brief on it. But it's like, you know, I'm a guy, I am a fat, like I, I would, I, I was a hard charging, like get it done on planes, like running gyms, uh, traveling all around the world, surfing with professional surfers. Like I'm not a professional surfer, but I, I got to work in that. I got to go do that. I, like I was, whatever, man, I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, so I was doing it all right. Like, well, I was why living- not? I was living this like full throttle, like, oh, there's a swell coming. I could go do some toe surfing. I'm, 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 I'm gone. Like I was trying to live like a professional. That's what they do, yeah. man. They literally just swipe a credit card and they're on a plane and they're gone. And, yeah. uh, but like, I'm working with people and I'm teaching seminars and I'm doing all this stuff, but it's like, when we toggle the lever of high arousal with dopamine motivation, that is dangerous territory. When we toggle that lever down on what you and I have been talking about and saying where we find works, <laughs> you end up getting more into the world of serotonin and oxytocin. And you don't need to hit that high ride, high, high arousal, dopamine yeah world um and i and i equate this along with the testosterone thing is it's like when people are searching when we when we are looking for protocols when we are looking for uh, a technique to change the thing and it's like you know i mean my girlfriend's a pt right and people come to her because they're in pain she is 
genius. Like she's, she's beautiful at what she does, which is also why we ended up connecting. Cause she worked on me. And I was like, Oh, you're pretty hot. And like, you really know what you're fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, at any rate, um, she teaches people why they're in pain, mm. which is the exact same thing I basically do is, yeah. Hey, let's really look at this. And so it comes down to like where we're looking to do that. And I am somebody who, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like that giraffe cry. Like I just, boom, let's go. <laughs> like, so what I do is I go and lay down on a mat over here and get my hips elevated. And I do breath work to calm that shit down because I will let it own me. And then what happens is, is I don't realize how fast and how hard I've been going because I'm capable of going real fast and real hard. And then it's like a day or two or a week later, the wheels are coming off so hard. And that is just quite literally the explanation of high functioning anxiety. Like, yeah, and it's, a, it's just avoidance of the balance. It, which is, is which is the tr- exact it, it, well it, it's avoidance of of the reality or the truth of what's going on and it's like when i slow it down i am dude i'm a completely different person i go from one thing and i do it well so i do the breathing then i will go and i will do some language training until i'm done with that done when i'm done with that I'll then get like an espresso, but I'll go through the process of making an espresso, not just punching a button and or going and get buying, right? Like I literally grind it. I measure the all the shit. Like I do all of it, right? Because you're, it's you're, a process. You're, you're, you're getting the experience. I'm getting the experience. Then I'll drink my espresso and I'll be reading whatever research paper or whatever thing I'm interested in reading at that point before. I engage in physical activity and then I'll probably get something to eat and then I'll go and get into my practice of physical activity where I'm testing the limitations of my stress, where I want to be toggling at that. And that's the get And but it's literally, I would have been out the door trying to train my ass off immediately and then going and setting meetings and doing everything. And I quite literally am unavailable to humanity until after 10 a.m. Yeah, but that's a that's a one you've built the environment, but also you applied so much wisdom to like again pull what is truly efficient out, and like that's not a wake up and kill initially as like which it sounds. I could if I needed to. Yeah, which which is again like that capability where like you don't have to respond with chaos right when you you can if you can choose people a lot of I choose to, um, and that kind of thing where it's like I haven't evaluated that system fully either or don't have the wisdom for it yet, but in that realm like that makes sense uh and just because we've been ripping for a while now um start to <laughs> start to wrap it up um uh so we'll just we'll just go to the final close because there's there's all the stuff will go into a bunch of different rabbit holes but um <laughs> the best advice you've received or that you can give uh that there is nothing wrong with me and there is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you and the moment that you are let go of every story narrated around that you will see the truth and Boom. you will have a freedom that you have never experienced in your life and like just the yeah it's just, it's kind of like the weight being lifted concept on it, and like and, and and that's freedom 
that, that there is only one freedom, which is why I go into prisons and talk to these guys. This is like, look, man, I know I get it. Like it, like I get it. It like sucks and you're here, but that's, this isn't the real prison. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, I forgot how I forgot that you were doing all that. So where, what prison are you doing that at? Right now. So I ran a program at San Quentin for some time. Uh, when I lived in NorCal, it was, it was an easy access point. Well, I, I, it took some time to get in. I got in whatever, but I ran a program there that ended when COVID hit, but I am, I'm going into Corcoran state prison, okay. uh, next week. And then at, next month i'll be at pelican beck yeah and that's gonna be quite a a a different thing but um it's pelican bay if you if people aren't aware is is basically the gnarliest supermax in the united states um it is housing the worst of the worst but the worst of the worst were convinced a long time ago like most of us that there was something wrong with them Mm. Um, just real, real, real quick. Cause that's so dang cool. Um, what are some like the lessons that you're imparting or that you've learned from these guys? Like, yeah, what's the- I mean, the, 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 the reality is, is it's been the greatest teaching experience I've ever, I've ever had. Mm. I, I have not had a better teaching experience because I have never been around people who wanted to learn more and they gave that back to me immediately. Now, when I first went in, I'm not going to lie. I was scared shitless. Like I walked across the San Quentin yard with one guy. And on that yard was basically everybody who wasn't on death row. And it was like one of the most intimidating things because you're just this thing that they, you have signed paperwork saying, yeah, we're not responsible for you if shit goes wrong. Oh, and shit. it is yeah. nothing but like, it's no joke. I mean, you can go watch the shows on, on prisons. It is a literal, it's its own culture that's functioning, right? And so you go in and the first couple, the first time I went in, I was terrified the whole time. Second time I went in, I was a little less. And then by the third time I went in, I was like, oh, the, these guys were just literally when I started walking in, they came to me and were like, oh, da, 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 here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. And, you know, it's like, I mean, I had, I had one guy, um, his name's Roach. And I actually posted this years ago um, that he, uh, he was in for manslaughter and he got, he had gotten in a fight and the guy ended up dying that he got in a fist fight. With, right. And, um, you know, both of them were fighting. I don't know the whole story. Nonetheless, Roach has fought his whole life. He's been in prison. Um, and he, uh, he came running up to me about, I don't know, four or five months into this whole thing that I was taking him through. And uh, he ran up to me and said, hey, yo, I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you. Like, What's up, man? And he's like, you were right. I was like, about? And he was like, you were right about this thing, this breathing thing changing us in ways we wouldn't understand if we just stuck with it. I was like, tell me more. He's like. Last week after you left, one this guy came up, a guy who I could have fucked up, and he started a fight with me. And he goes, and I could have killed the motherfucker if I wanted to. And all I did was I was like, all right, do what he said, just breathe. And so I took it, I took a deep breath and I let it go. 
And I just kept breathing out of my nose and I smiled and I walked away. And he's like, but here's the most important part. He goes, I've never in my life walked away from a fight. And that Mm. was the first time. And I was like, I had nothing to do with that. Other than the fact that I showed you how breathing works and what it does. You did that. You were capable of that. That's so fucking powerful because it's like society doesn't really understand that kind of a world. And for me to be able to go into that world and them to allow me to be in that world was it's just it's just life changing because you're like, oh, this is really survival in here. It's no joke. This is survival. Uh, and and that's a life changing experience. Anyway, I, I got to uh, write a letter of a recommendation for Roach. I don't know if that's going to go through or not, um, if, he, if he's going to get out. But he asked and I got to do that as well. Um, you know, and it's uh, I, I'm very close with the guy who runs the programs. At San Quentin, he'll be at actually my thing at Corcoran because uh, they don't get this type of stuff um, at that prison, which is actually the bigger prison of, in California. So, uh, but yeah, that's-, yeah, that's, but it's just, I think you can learn a lot from these. Like, again, like we're not in life and death scenarios anymore. Um, so you can learn a lot from like, like, I, like that's, I've learned a lot from just being in nature backwoods with like Laura. And like, that's not even that aggressive as opposed to like walking through the yard at <laughs> San Quentin. And like I, I try and pull it back. Like sports, like winning and losing is no, but it's very real. You're in a very real, yeah. But that whole thing, the experience with Laura is 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 so real. It's there's a the reality is is you're out in the wild. There are things that can kill you out there. Yeah. So your senses are on high alert, and then you learn how to work with those senses. And it's like, oh, you get these intuitive feelings, or you hear something. It's like, oh, yeah, that's how it's designed to work. We're literally dulling all that out. Yeah, it's kind of like you're, but it's like, it always takes like a day and a half, like same as kind of your driving. Takes me a day and a half to stop reaching for my phone, a day and a half to like actually like hear things. It just, and then eventually, or like stop being like a little cold and then you just, then you're just in it and like, then it's life. Um, So last question, just because the prison thing, I'm sure you come upon it philosophically in there as like, obviously they're physically detained, but like you do you illustrate like the, the mental freedom and like the personal growth that can still happen obviously in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I, I, I basically get into the reality of what re- the real, what real freedom is, what true freedom is. And that's between here, Yeah, you know, and, and, and one of, one of these stories that I, that I told when I went in there was like, and I was like, how the fuck am I going to relate to these? How am I going to get these guys? Like, even like, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, you know, what's really similar to going to prison except you have a choice is like being a monk. So when I went in, I was like, Hey, check this out. Like, like I've actually like, I, I, I haven't ever been to prison before, but I have been in jail when I was younger, several times. I probably should have been here, but I didn't get it. But what's interesting about this place and is that there's also a group of human beings who decide for some reason, to give up everything, move to the mountains of Asia usually, isolate themselves, and they only eat one or two times a day, and then they do breath work and meditate and find enlightenment. The only difference is they had a choice to do that. And every one of these guys just goes, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, I, I same see where you're circumstance. Going. Yeah. It's exact huh. same circumstance, bro. 
I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Fuck, fucking awesome. Everybody can choose that. That's fucking awesome. All right, a great place to end it. I, I'm yeah. take, I've taken up way too much of your time, energy. No, no, many, it's all good, man. This is too, fun. Too, many, and, too, too many of your breaths. Yeah. My, 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 my monastic life exists in my car, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be my next frontier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's you know, the beautiful thing about, I think, what you and I do is that, the, you know, our practice, our meditation is really, truly, yeah, there's some, there's some standard breath practice stuff going on but the reality is, is it's the practice of the physical stuff we do and how we've been able to integrate that in our life and and do that and i think that's really important for a lot of people to understand because they think it's this thing it's like you got to go sit in fucking full lotus and zen out and it's like yeah that's one version of it but it's not the only version no like you got to be able to again control that cell state and all these stressors and like that's why i think the speed limit such a cool example of that because like the, that stressor is always going to be there and like and then even in that capacity like uh, like i don't the prisoners don't have to deal with traffic but so the monks don't have to deal with traffic either you know so we have our own I mean, battles dude the, the reason there's a high recidivism rate with prisoners is because they come out and and it's so pumping at such a level out here that they can't in, they don't know how it's a 10 day wash period, man. Uh. Like it really, they've got 10 days. It's, it's literally like they got 10 days to get their shit straight to like get, not go around the old people, the old things or divert into that pattern of stuff. And so that my, my job and why I did that, why I'm doing this is because I'm trying to give, tools to people who really need it mm. before they get out or even in a, a place where fuck man they, they don't get to see the stuff we get to see no but or just like to understand the structure that they like they need to keep out there like or the philosophy that obviously if you give them the tool then like now they can make maybe some clear decisions but yeah dude that incredible that's really cool what you're doing yeah. um that's dynamite nice. but uh dude thank you for your time and then uh I'll, everybody uh will know where to find you in the intro so it'll be Perfect. dynamite all right. All good. Yeah. Be All well, right. brother. Yeah. You too, man. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Hopefully you're getting some value or at least some entertainment and juice out of it. If you are enjoying the podcast, please don't hesitate to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything you can find. All the support and interaction is greatly appreciated. Thank you for all the support and have a day.